It's the e-commerce master plan podcast here to help you grow your e-commerce business faster and more efficiently by cutting through the hype to bring you inspiration and guidance from the e-commerce sector and beyond. Here's your host, Chloe Thomas. Hello, Master Plan World. Welcome to our latest podcast. It's a pleasure to have you all listening. And if you're listening as this one goes live, I hope Christmas is going really well. Um, I'm Chloe Thomas. I'm the creator of the e-commerce Master Plan. I'm an author, speaker and advisor, and I focus on e-commerce business strategy and marketing. Now, last episode, we caught up with Justin Cook from Empire Flippers and dived into the market for buying and selling e-commerce businesses. So something a little bit different last time, as well as some very interesting buyer personas. If you want to have a listen to that one, then then uh, do, but don't do it now because now you're listening to this one. Uh, but you can also join the chat about that and everything else e-commerce in our Facebook group. You'll find that via ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash Facebook or go onto Facebook and search for e-commerce masterplan world. Enough of that, though. Let me introduce you to today's special guests, because we've got two of them on today. We've got Jeff Hunt and Henry Waddylove, who are the co-founders behind Burlingham London Watches, a British watch company selling both men's and ladies' watches inspired by British heritage. They launched in August 2016 and have sold hundreds of units in their first year. Hello, guys. How are you doing? Hello. Hello, hey, everyone. Are you having a good day today? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nice and busy, which is always good. Excellent. Well, look, I've just given the listeners a super quick overview of you guys and your business, like ridiculously quick. So how did you get started off in e-commerce? Uh, yeah, so we we both used the Regus business lounges. So we kept bumping into each other, having like running our own businesses before this. And I was running a wood-fired pizza business at the time. So going around catering at like wood-fired, uh, like weddings and private parties, et cetera, et cetera. And it was um, it was really good, but really like the idea of an e-commerce business whereby you could set up a product and um, and just retail the one commodity as opposed to um, all of these like tangibles and bits that get changed and twisted week on week. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that's where I was. And then Henry was running an art consultancy business, which had some sort of like online sales as well. So I think we kind of amalgamated the two and decided... Um, as soon as we both loved watches and ended up talking about watches for hours and then long before Birmingham was even a, a thing, we um, we decided to kind of pool resources and throw everything into um, starting a watch company. Okay, so from the point where the two of you decided, right, let's do this, how long did it take you to get to your e-commerce website being a reality? Um, I think, so we probably first started talking about it um in the earliest stages probably the beginning q1 of 2015 wow so it's quite a while yeah yeah no it was it was and then we kind of we both had our businesses and other commitments and i think it was probably about four to six months before we properly jumped in um with both feet mm-hmm. so then let's call that um september october september october time 2015 and then from there it just takes quite a while because we were working with our designers to come up with the design of the watch then we were obviously having to talk and source out manufacturers and then um, the whole process of that. And then we got the watches back and we, we kind of really believe in like design thinking. So we got those watches and then we went and spoke to hundreds of people and got all of that feedback. And then by the time we put that back to the designers and tweaked it and it went back to the manufacturers and it was quite a lengthy process. But um, yeah, I'm really glad we did it because um, we made some quite a few tweaks along the way that have made the product quite a bit better, hopefully. 
So it was all about, so so more of the delay was about making sure you had the feedback on the product before you started selling it rather than it being about, I've got too many pizzas to shift and too, too much art to sell. Yeah, 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 definitely. Okay, cool. Well, look, um, let's, let's move into uh, where the business is at the moment. So you're in the UK, clearly, uh, but where are you selling those watches to at the moment? Yeah. So, um, yeah, we're, as you said, we're based in the UK, uh, in London. Um, we, we worked hard from sort of day one from our initial thoughts, uh, until, until now, um, that we wanted to be able to easily sell globally. Um, you know, one of the fantastic things with e-commerce is, uh, is it allows that to happen, mm-hmm. uh, fairly easily. Uh, and obviously the fantastic bit with a watch as well, um, is that with our packaging, it's secure and safe. Uh, so it can quite easily, uh, float around the world to uh, to new buyers and new wrists. So um, you know we, we're very lucky uh, or worked hard, I guess, as well as luck, uh, <laughs> that um, within the first month of us selling, um, we actually had sales as far away as Australia, Malaysia, um, and to this day we're, we're getting regular organic sales from Europe. Um, for some reason, especially Germany, which sort of bucks the trend as to what um, various advisors and people had had said to us so um yeah so you know i think one of the fantastic things with e-commerce and our brand uh is that you know a major focus for us is is global global sales um so yeah i guess that's gone into the branding hasn't it very much so um one of them we work very closely with our designers um and one of the you know the criteria that we sort of both came up with along the way is it's got to be a British brand. It's got to feel British, look British, and, and be British. Um, and, and we work hard to ensure that. Um, and, and you know there are certain overseas countries that um, the, the British brand is a very strong selling point. Um, there are also places where it's not so popular. So uh, <laughs> it's ensuring our focus on that. And um, we actually work quite closely with the um, the DIT, which is the Department of International Trade, um, with the UK government who are uh, a fantastic source for us of um, knowledge and information um, about exporting overseas um, and about preparing the business and ourselves for overseas distribution. So we can't rate them highly enough. They're they're fantastic. Yeah, I've done a, done a bit of work for them in the past and they are a great yeah. organisation, really, yeah. really focused. Um, I often want to think they're, they're really focused because they're the bit of the government that makes a profit. You know? exactly. <laughs> so it's like... Yeah, it's really, really quite, quite cut and dried what they need to do. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, the, and the product is a watch or watches of your own design, isn't it? And we're doing, we're talking men's and women's. Have you got many, many SKUs on the go? Yeah. So um, when we were launching, we knew we wanted to um, launch with one range of watches, which would be unisex. So mm-hmm. we've kind of um, tailored the size. So it's kind of that really nice in between size. And um, some more unisex than males and women specifically. Although we've actually sold probably slightly more male watches than female watches, but it's not too far off 50-50, which is really exciting. And then, so yeah, so we had the one range of eight different SKUs at the moment. So the products are all unisex, but you're selling more to women than men. Is that right right around? No, sorry, the other way. I think we've sold a few more to men, but it's not massively skewed. So that's that's quite nice. So I think... Got, got you. So it's it's um, they are unisex, but we're selling slightly more to men than to women. But it's all the same product. Yeah, yeah, and only slightly more to men. It's not massively um, biased one way or the other. 
Well, that makes um, stock management considerably easier, doesn't it? If you've only got eight watches rather than 16. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think as well, also, like, hopefully this runs through our branding, but we wanted to set the brand up kind of around equality, um, gender neutrality, um, kind of uh, globalism, if you like. So um, it, it just seemed to take those boxes as well. And like, we're, we're working with the charity Cool Earth. So mm-hmm. for every watch that's purchased, um, a donation's made that saves 200 square meters of rainforest by investing in like the local indigenous people. They call the rainforest home. And, and there's that unisex kind of feel worked really well with that because the charity works really well in like empowering women and kind of kind of bridging the the, 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 the lack of equality at times in some places. So, um, yeah, it just kind of resonated across all touch points. Cool. And um, I'm always interested when a, when an e-commerce business is so closely aligned to a charity and it's, it's kind of front and center, mm. it's very clear on the website. Is it a charity you already knew about or did you know the values of the business? You went, let's find a charity with similar values. Was it a price point thing? You know, what's the thing we could afford to do within the margin? Was it part of the plan right from the beginning? Yeah, yeah. I think it's, um, they're all really, really, really good questions. So we knew we wanted to work with a charity. And um, I'm, I'm quite keen on um, effective altruism. I think I, I, all charities are fantastic and they all do a lot of great work. But I think some are quite efficient and effective in, in their, um, in, in their um, like positive social, um, oh, what's the word? Impact. Impact, that's the one. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, so some do kind of get more impact per pound spent. So we knew that was like one of the criteria we really wanted to hit. Mm-hmm. And we also wanted it to resonate with the band, brand. So we didn't want something that was um, too distant from, from the product and the watch and where we're at. We wanted something that, that kind of ran in sync with everything else. Now, a couple of years before that, Henry had done the Mongol rally mm-hmm. with the adventurers. So driving from like here over to Mongolia in a car worth a grand. And that charity is quite, um, um, or partnered with Call Earth. So that's kind of the, the, the loose route to finding Call Earth. And, 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 and like you said, with regards to demographics, um, they've got quite a similar profile of demogra- de- demographic profile to we have. So it just seemed to tick all of the boxes. And um, yeah, that, that's why we decided upon them. Okay, cool. And what platform are you selling on? Um, so we find one of the most powerful tools we have in our, in our box is Shopify. Um, it, it's fantastic. I'm sure most of your listeners either use it or know of it. Um, but for us, it works. It, it, it sort of ticks all of our boxes. Um, it's fantastic. So we, we run our own store uh, through Shopify. Um, we're also on various uh, online um, marketplaces as well. We, we're quite, uh, I don't know the right word, uh, quite picky, I suppose, about who we work with, and who we partner with. Um, you know, a very important part of our business is the brand strength and the brand identity. So we've got to make sure that's kept. So, um, you know, uh, UK, the UK uh, listeners will probably know not on the high street. Um, uh, maybe, maybe everyone will, um, but they're a very strong um, partner of ours, uh, and they allow that brand identity and also us to be uh, alongside some other fantastic brands. So, so that did, did any well. other marketplaces make the grade? Uh, yeah, I mean, we're, we're talking to talking to a, a few others at the moment. Um, we're on uh, New Egg which mm-hmm. is an American distributor, um, mainly in tech, actually, but they're moving across to sort of other areas. And um, along with the DIT sort of 
we're, we're working closely with them to be one of the leading forces in that. Um, we recently were a part of a, uh, a campaign with Newegg and, and the British government uh, all about British brands in America. So they're a fantastic platform. Uh, they offer great support um, both online and actually we've been to a few events uh, that they've put on helping to explain the process. So Newegg, not on the high street and Shopify are our main ones. Um, we're also uh, uh, in Stumper and Fielding, which is a, a physical store in Portobello Road in Notting Hill. Um, and we're excited to announce that uh, we're also in Covent Garden, uh, which is a very recent happening, uh, which is perfect just in time for Christmas. So, um, yes, very exciting, both online and offline. Um, but, yeah, that's sort of our, our current platforms at the moment. See, I find that really fascinating, um, not least because I've just launched a book called B2B e-commerce, which, you know, you're not, I'm, I'm guessing you're not supplying the retailers via the website yet, but it's a, it, I find it really fascinating that there's an awful lot of people who have designed a product who are now out there wholesaling to retailers as well as selling it online themselves. So was was getting stock, stocked in shops always part of your plan or... Is it something that they approached you and you went, oh, that's a nice idea? Yeah, so I think um, at the moment, we're not looking at massive like wholesale distribution or mass market mm -hmm. distribution. What we wanted, though, was I, I think we've got the most fantastic product. And um, when people hand it, that's when they can really experience it. So what we want to do is we wanted one key London kind of location whereby if you're in and around the London area, you can go to the store, you can kind of try the watch on, you can see it in person, you can see it glinting in like the geoshe pattern around the edge. And, and, and we really wanted that. So I think going forwards, we'd like to find um, kind of really nice key locations, maybe one in Edinburgh, Manchester, you know, the Bristol, like the bigger hubs around the UK where people can go and experience the watches. Mm -hmm. And then maybe ultimately we will branch more into other retailers but I think at the moment it's more just to kind of showcase the quality yeah so when someone comes on the site and goes can I have a look at it somewhere you can quite quickly deal with that question in a very positive way exactly that and I think another reason for um the stores and again being fairly selective on the stores that we work with um is that brand association you know who who, who else is in the store what's the store brand and feel themselves and how does that sit with us mm. And it just helps bring the brand uh, to life offline as well as just online. Cool. I'm going to take a step back to your Shopify site. And I should say for anyone who's listening who hasn't yet bought their Shopify site and has it on the plan, you can get a very nice little discount on that if you go to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash Shopify. But as to your Shopify site, I haven't yet met anyone who has a Shopify site who doesn't have something bolted into it. So what, what are the key <laughs> widgets and plugins that, that you rely on day to day? Uh, there are so many, and I think that's one of the fantastic things with uh, Shopify is that there are some fantastic uh, applications to, to use with it and bolt on. Um, so I think, what would your say your top one or two be? Goodness, okay. Um, we've got uh, uh, one called Beating, which is a, a fantastic uh, app which helps uh, automate emails for uh, cart abandonment, which obviously is a, uh, an issue with mm -hmm. e-commerce stores. So it's fantastic with that. And it also is great at, uh, at email remarketing people uh, who have bought from us before and it recognizes their details. So for that is for us is very strong and it's a fantastic automation process for us, which I think the apps are, are, 
a, a key for streamlining and automating the process. Um, I think another one, um, so our delivery partner is My Hermes, mm-hmm. um, and they have a great app which syncs with um, Shopify and their delivery system, which, again, helps to automate the migration of the customer details and address across the delivery system. So with a click of the button, the delivery is fulfilled. So uh, nice and easy, exactly what people should expect from an e-commerce store. Um, I think very quickly, a couple more is uh, Google Shopping um, for us is fantastic. We're not currently using Google Shopping, but when we were and we, when we will again, um, it's it's a great app uh, to sync up our products with Google Shopping automatically so we don't have to spend time filling in the um, yeah. fields we've already oh, yeah. filled. Now, out of interest, you've stopped using Google Shopping at the moment. And just so everyone knows, we're recording this in August. Is that a seasonality thing rather than anything else? Uh, yeah, I think it's a bit of a mix. I think, you know, we're still a very young business. So we're trying lots of different uh, uh, avenues. Uh, and, you know, we, we tried Google Shopping um, quite early on um, and had some success. Um, you know, as you say, it's it's fairly seasonal, so we're giving a bit of rest at the moment whilst we try new areas and and, and new ways of eyes on site and eyes on product. Um, but it's something definitely we would we would use again. You know, it, it's fundamental in in the toolkit of a successful e-commerce business. Cool. And you mentioned that you're selling on a couple of marketplaces already. Are you yeah. using anything that ties together all those the activity between your marketplace and your Shopify site? You know, an order management system, a listing system, or a you know, stock organization system, or are you doing them, managing them each individually at this point? Um, so be completely honest, we're, we're not at the moment. Um, we've had sort of conversations around that. Um, Shopify do a good job of a, a stock management inventory. Um, and also we, we do manage that uh, independently from each avenue and also we have a we have a sort of a, a glorified excel document i suppose where we can keep tabs of, of everything so well, it is something we're looking to sort of grow into over the coming months and probably it's, it's, it's one of those things which if you've only got eight SKUs and you've only got three outlets i suppose plus the two shops so you've got five outlets and you've got um eight SKUs. it's quite easy to manage each of those individually so it's it's not a problem that necessarily needs solving right at the beginning, I suppose, yeah, is it? exactly that. It's something that we want to, to tick off and get sorted. But yeah, as I'm sure everyone uh, listening will understand, you, there are only so many places your your head and budget can go to. So oh, yeah. um, it's something probably, but, you know, this is recorded in August. By Christmas, we probably would have something in place. Okay, cool. And um, team-wise, there's obviously the two of you. Um, I guess the first question is, are you both now full-time on this or are you still working in art and um, pizzas? Um, We definitely dedicated a lot of time to this. We still both have those two um, plodding along in their background, but yeah, largely full-time on this. Cool. And uh, do you have anyone else working for you in the business? Is there anything you've chosen to outsource or hire in? Yeah, yeah. So we still... um, we still do quite a lot of that ourselves and i knew like when we set up probably like a lot of people going into e-commerce businesses we wanted it to kind of streamline it and automate it as much as possible i mean we'd both read um, tim ferris's the four hour work week and mm-hmm. automation and whatnot so i think that's some, something that we're maybe kind of grow more towards or transition more towards um so yeah so at the moment we've we've outsourced um our design so we have a uh, external design team which we work quite, quite closely with and um, I guess the first thing we outsourced, though, or was social media. 
but we, we never seem to get that quite right with um, external people. We, we felt like we lost something like the brand control, quality, mm-hmm. consistency. So we've actually brought that back in-house and we're doing that again. That's something we might look to outsource again going forwards. Yeah, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Because it's yeah. it's not worth the time and effort of proofreading every tweet and every Instagram post. But yeah, it's so important. Every single one's on brand. Exactly. exactly. And then last, I know we've discussed it already, but um, with regards to outsourcing, like going maybe going slightly more into bricks and mortar as discussed, so kind of almost outsourcing some of the, um, the selling duties onto others. Yeah, I like that way of thinking about it too. They're not just a wholesale sale customer. They are someone we've outsourced the physical side of things to. I like yeah, that. yeah, exactly. I think we, the, the, the people that we're working with so far, like Covent Garden and Notting Hill, the, the, the Stump and Field on Portobello Road, like we work really closely with them and um, we don't we, we kind of, it's, I, like, like anything in business, like things work well when both parties are happy. Yeah. So we, we try and make sure that they're really happy to stock us and we're kind of helping them as much as possible. And likewise, I think, therefore, they feel better about us. And, and, and it's kind of quite a, I don't want to say an easy sell for them, but, you know, that, that they have belief in, belief in the brand and hopefully ourselves. So, um, yeah, and, yeah. You know, looking really- at your website, the stockist link is really prominent. You know, a lot a lot of people would kind of hide that somewhere, but it, it you know, looking at the website, it's like, oh, they really they really care about their stockists because that link is right there in the header if someone actually wants to go and see the physical reality. Yeah, yeah. I think it's twofold. I think firstly, as discussed before, um, it's a really great opportunity for people to go and see the watch mm-hmm. or the watches, sorry. And um, but secondly, like we're looking at when we're starting up, like as a new business, what are what are the biggest like not risks, but what 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 could be the barriers to sale? And there are so many kind of various e-commerce kind of companies and platforms and websites popping up all over the place at the moment. So so we thought by um, having some key retailers which are kind of um, consistent and safe and they've been around for a while and desirable, it kind of makes it kind of almost de-risks the brand for people purchasing. I guess. Yeah, I I always think there's a an element of trust there. Because there's, oh, somebody, a very cool looking store, um, want to stock this product. So the product definitely exists. You know, mm. it's kind of like that that extra little bit of reinforcement to have the, the physical side of things. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. So, um, yeah, couldn't agree more. <laughs> cool. And on the trust side of things, you have some pretty impressive PR on the site as well you know places that you've been featured are, are ones that I know many of our listeners would love to get into some of the really big mm-hmm. names is that something you've you've done yourselves or you know or you do you have any and if so do you have any kind of tips for those listening on how to get into the the big name press outlets yeah yeah I think we're very fortuitous um I think the first um piece of PR like that we got was from men's health and nice. um, yeah, no, they, they contacted us, they'd seen our website, they really liked the brand, they liked what we stood for, they loved the watches, the charitable aspect, and um, yeah, they got in contact and it was quite organic actually. So I, I think we got really lucky, and then from that I think they may, like Harper's Bazaar and Esquire, etc., might have seen us mm-hmm. in that one, and it kind of, um, yeah, took off from there. There'll be everyone out there will be going damn you or words much harsher than that that's not fair <laughs> oh gosh well. but but it, it's kind of I would say it's one of those pieces of luck that you make for yourself by having 
the right look, the right brand feel, the right product, the right ethical side to the business and putting that whole package out there so people can see it. So, um, so yes, lucky, but I think there was a lot of work that went into creating that luck. Yeah, and I must, yeah, and I think we got really lucky because we've, I mean, we've we've been contacted by other people as well, but for some of them, like the costs are just so exorbitant. Like um, some of the costs of being featured in some of these things are just ridiculous. So um, yeah, we've also turned down quite a few offers as well, just while we um, manage budget and um, allocate can funds where they're most um, needed. And that's the game, isn't it? (laughs) Managing time, managing budget, endlessly, endlessly. Um, So guys, before we go on to the top tips, what do you think is the most awesome thing about your business right now? Goodness. uh, Good question. Um, I mean, it's it's a very exciting time. You're being such a young business um, with with some great potential. Um, I I would say um, exporting, I think, is is massively exciting for us. Um, We're talking to some fantastic... um, distributors uh, and companies and uh, people uh, overseas um, so hopefully that will help spread the brand which is one of the obviously the fundamentals when we started the brand was to was to do um, I think for us uh, as we sort of touched on just now is is media coverage um, you know we've had men's health Esquire and Harper's Bazaar the, the main ones as well as um, blogger influencers uh, and, and some slightly smaller magazines um, which are all fantastic so so more of them and more frequent um, and probably most excitingly is um, with some uh, in some very initial conversations with um, some some great people uh, who may look to be ambassadors of Birmingham, which is something we want to push. So that probably hopefully answers your question on that. Oh, definitely. That sounds pretty pretty awesome, quite frankly. Um, <laughs> okay, I think. It, oh, a very quick question: Where do you have your watches made? Which country? Mm, we have them made in China. So when we were setting up, we um, we looked at various places where we could have them manufactured, and it just seemed to have the best kind of cost benefits. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the, the the cost of having them made in Switzerland is astronomical. So if we wanted to keep a competitive price point for our um, customers, that kind of went out of there, out of the equation slightly. And um, we actually um, we've, we've structured it so we actually have our watches made across four different manufacturers to in- ensure kind of quality control. So like one watch will kind of start it off and make one area or one company will sorry start off and make one part of it. Then they move it onto the second factory. So that's where the first point of quality control happens. Then they do their bit and then onto the third one and then the fourth one. So therefore you've got kind of four points where that quality control is being assessed. Therefore, um, what a yeah, clever yeah. move. But the the reason I asked was primarily because obviously, you know, if you're busy, big on the exporting, the good thing about that is you're buying your product in American dollars. And if you're selling products in American dollars as well, then it becomes much less of an issue what happens with exchange rates than if you're buying in American dollars and you're only selling in British pounds, for example. No, no, exactly. That, that definitely kind of mitigates some of the exchange rate risks. Mm. Which are sure. always good yeah. mitigating in this mm. day yeah. and age. Oh, my gosh, yeah, because I know when we... Yeah, because, I mean, the, the the way the pound's gone recently... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Again, there's a lot of people listening who are quite jealous of you. Um, yes, nodding their well, heads, I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, still, like, a lot of our sales actually, although we have sold abroad, like, the majority probably are still in the UK. Or not the majority, but, like, a, a, a definite percentage mm. of them are still very much within the UK. So we are still in, in sterling. So purchasing in dollars has become something that we might have to look at going forwards. Okay, well, uh, let's now move on to the top tips round. 
Now, I love this section because it gives me and our listeners some really quick ideas for taking our businesses to the next level. Uh, First up then, the book top tip. If everyone listening to this podcast agreed to take Friday off and read a book to make their business better, which Mm -hmm. book would you recommend? And also, who's going to answer this one? That's the other question. God, that's a good question. Um, I'll fill this one if you like. Yeah, Jeff is a uh, a real uh, flies a flag for for business books. He uh, he he reads a lot of them, and uh, I should do more of it. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jeff, what's your what's your recommendation? Gosh, it's a really good question. Um, 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 I, I guess one that probably lots of people have read and it's probably been mentioned numerous times before, but the Lean Startup by Eric Rise, I think would definitely kept that kind of front um front of mind while starting up Birmingham and running it kind of like you know testing iterating not making an assumptions keeping it all quite streamlined um, um, um kind of cutting down costs where possibly just to um yeah so I think that that probably would be the one book if you are setting up if you haven't read it, it would be a really great book excellent um, and then if I can be really sneaking this sneaking the second one you can sneak in a second one I think as well, like with with the e-commerce business, you just got to find that little niche and um, kind of find something different. And then a lot of the work's done for you. So if you've got something that's truly remarkable, if you like, then people will help do the marketing for you. So any of the books like, you know, Start With Why by Simon Snakes are putting the customers first or, you know, Purple Cow, like anything along those lines, just they've really helped shape Birmingham as well. So, uh, yeah, so two-pronged approach like that kind of lean methodology with, you know, hopefully making something that people want. Excellent. Okay, the traffic top tip next then. Which marketing method do you either prize above all others or think doesn't get the press it deserves? And who's answering uh, this one? Uh, this would be me, Henry. Cool. Um, I think this, this answer would have been different a few weeks ago, but we've recently launched a, a new blog series um, all about how influential people value their time. Um, and organically, um, it's getting us some good eyes on site um, within our target market. Uh, and it, I think it just shows... Uh, sort of how we've grown as a business within a year really understanding the the target market and and what they enjoy and what they want to share with their peers so for us it's it's blogging at the moment very cool uh the tool top tip maybe a collaboration tool a social media plugin a phone app or just a way of working is there a cool little tool you use that makes you and your team more efficient from day to day so there's two. Um, the first one is is very very basic in terms of everyone will probably have it, um, but it's actually WhatsApp. But uh, WhatsApp for desktop. So if Jeff and myself are working remotely, we can put the phones down, not get distracted by notifications, but still easily instant message each other and share photos and documents on on WhatsApp desktop. So that would be the top one, closely followed by uh, Trello, which is fantastic for organising who does what when. Excellent. And then last but not least, the startup top tip. If you met someone this weekend who's thinking of starting an e-commerce business, what would be your first tip for them? Mm, yeah, yeah. So I guess we're quite product focused um, ourselves. I think if, if that's the sort of e-commerce business you're going into, just just find a niche, find a product that that will find an area where there's a gap or kind of room for improvement, and just really make sure you've got the product first and foremost. And um, yeah, and, and just kind of then once you've kind of found that space, test it and um, speak to people. Don't be afraid to ask people for help or their opinion. And because we know like by speaking to umg people like our plan plan original plans like change five six ten times over as we kind of spoke to people and we find it so yeah just just you know a find that gap and then b talk to people and you know make it better and kind of take it from there i'd say 
Excellent. Well, Masterplan World, you can find all those top tips and links to everything else we've been chatting about in today's episode by heading over to ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast, where you'll see a link to this show. Before we say goodbye, guys, would you like to let listeners know where they can find you and your business on the web and social media, please? Definitely. So our website is uh, burlinghamlondon.com. And the, uh, the social media, so uh, Instagram is Burlingham underscore watches, Facebook, Burlingham London, Twitter, Burlingham underscore LDN and Pinterest, Burlingham dash London. We'd like to offer a 25% discount to, uh, to your listeners, Chloe, um, using Masterplan 25 um, on our website, BurlinghamLondon.com uh, to try out our watches and, uh, and hopefully help spread the word. Oh, thank you very much. That's awesome. No problem at all. Marvellous. Well, we'll add links to all of that and everything else we talked about today in the show notes. Masterplan World, you can find those at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash podcast or just go to the website, click on the podcast tab or use the search box. Thank you both for being on the e-commerce masterplan podcast today. Um, you shared an awful lot of really interesting ideas and ways of going about starting a new business and building it. Um, it's been brilliant. So thank you very, very much. Thank you. It's been uh, it's been great speaking. Yeah, no, thank you, Chloe. Appreciate it. Well, what a fascinating insight from the guys there on what it took to get set up and running that first year and the impact that their focus on making sure they had the product right, you know, all that checking, 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 getting feedback, getting feedback, getting feedback before they even went live, together with the dividends it's paid of getting their brand absolutely spot on and the PR that's generated for them. A lot a lot to learn from that session. Uh, if you've got any questions about it or comments, then join the chat in our Facebook group at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash Facebook. It's called the Ecommerce Masterplan World Facebook group, so it's very easy to find. Earlier this year, we published my brand new book, B2B e-commerce master plan. I mentioned it earlier in the show and you can get uh, the first chapter completely for free at ecommercemasterplan.com forward slash B2B. So um, head over there if you're in that B2B space and you want to understand more about growing your sales in the B2B space using e-commerce. For now though, have a great week and keep optimizing. Thank you for listening to the e-commerce master plan podcast. Find out more at ecommercemasterplan.com. 